Nipple things? Mm. I don't know about that. Are they raw? All right. <laughs> All right, guys. We are back. Episode number 39, right before the big 4-0. Very good. Yeah. We've done like five episodes in two weeks. This is our sixth, I think. Uh, we so should keep them going. We're knocking them out. Oh. Oh, what? My boy's leaving again. Uh, no, it's all right. It's all right. So by the time this airs, I will be in Los Angeles, but then I'll be back and we'll be doing them. So they'll they'll stay going. I'm, I'm taking a short trip, so it won't be long. Um, so for today's podcast, I feel we should answer the question everybody's been asking in one shape, form, or another, and that's the dynamic Is Mark of us. single? Oh. Well, other than you being single... Uh, the dynamic of us, and I think it's important. We've never really talked about this, and it's what separates us apart from every other podcast. Everyone thinks you're just my friend, maybe of a year, two years, something like that. Some people know that you're my friend for a long time. They don't understand quite the history that we've had throughout my career and fighting, and obviously now we built one of the largest gyms in the world, and you, we will work there. I own it, and you know it's, it's your it's your baby too, and uh, yeah. And I mean, you've been pretty much with me every step of the, the yeah, way. And so there's a, there's a big dynamic here. You got other podcasts where it's like journalists and fighters and fighters and fighters and fighters and kids, fighters and the kid, the fighter and the kid. And it's just two guys that met and you had good chemistry, but they don't really have that dynamic. I think we're the only podcast that has a dynamic where we've been together for over 24 years. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. 24 years. And through my whole career. So you've seen me go through my entire, I mean, since we're talking about MMA, I'm not trying to overshadow anything you've done, but I'm just saying like, since it's an MMA podcast, you've seen me go through, you know, fighting in high school auditoriums and making fun of me at high school, taking it in the UFC to like being there for the fights, to taking like, your uh, half naked pictures in the 24 hour fitness bathroom. Yeah. That yeah. Was, yeah. That was, so that, we that have a lot. Road, yeah. There's a lot of history there. And that's why we have that, that, that I guess, charisma and, uh, why have the charisma? And the, <laughs> You've got the, uh, the fight talent. Okay. Yeah, but that ended, so I have to have some kind of talent that can carry on to a podcast. You, you keep saying it's ended. Just say I have, like, something that's Chuck relevant Chuck said to, it ended 10 years ago. What happened? Yeah. Well, anyway, so just for people asking, like, you know, is Mark just a friend? Is he, you know— because we do just, get a lot of work with you or why is he on the, and then there's the jealous people who are like, why is he on there? You know, like they want to be on there themselves. Yeah. It's like, no, you don't understand guys. We have something together that there's no other podcast out there that can compare to. Like we have two people that's been together since we were high school. I went on to fight in MMA, have an entire UFC career. You were part of the entire thing. I retired from the UFC, came to Thailand, built one of the largest MMA gyms in the world. You came here too. And we worked together at this gym. And now we do a podcast. Yeah. So it's like you've been there the whole time. So there's like a dynamic that no one else can, can quite relate to. So Nobody, I figured we'd... No other podcast can say that. Yeah. You know? I mean, no. That's why we know cool. these stories. And like we have yeah. this like this history we can go back to at any time. When we're talking about fights or fighters. We can talk about certain times we had with these fighters or at certain fights that was similar to that situation. So I figured this would be a good podcast for us to kind of talk together yeah. about some we, history. We got a lot of questions on our in the comments you know like yep. you know, which i'm sure we're going to answer now but and it's also a good time i mean it is kind of a slow week in mma yeah i mean unless you want to talk about khabib and mcgregor and all that stuff like we yeah. always like everybody's got to right be now. slow when we're like yeah let's just talk about us yeah oh, or, or <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna make us the well, we're finally you know giving them what they want you know but a lot of people want to know this right and, and i think it's important that people especially tuning in 
uh, later on and didn't see the first episodes to understand kind of like what our dynamic is. And we're not just two friends. We've been together through this entire thing. I don't know any other podcast, like I said, that's, that's, that has that. So, um, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about kind of how we met and um, why you're still fucking hanging around me. Well, you pay a, me now. It's 24 years. You actually do pay me. Yeah, that helps. Um, you pay me well, I guess. Yeah, but I got like how many years for free? Yeah, I, I, I work for free for a while, it feels like. Is that what you're saying? Or? <laughs> no, I'm just saying I was your friend. So if I'm paying you to be my friend, <laughs> oh, I got a lot of years for free, right? If, I'm maybe, only if, paying you for the last like, three. If you correctly, I took you into my inner circle of friends. Mm, yeah, You were new to the school. Well, this and, is high uh, school. Yeah. So I moved. I was in Katy. I was a star football player. Hmm. <laughs> 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 that may or may not be true, but I did let her... As a sophomore, as a receiver, I moved to Clear Lake High School where I met you, and there was no receiver positions open, so I had to take a cornerback position, and I was behind Greg Starling and Chris Lauder, who are the two most athletic, badass cornermen in the business. Damn. If it is a business. And, yeah, so I sat on the bench and kind of watched them win football games. Well, at least you were part of the team. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how that kind of went. That's how I feel in this podcast, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But it's real quick with Mike Swick. Nobody even... Everybody misspells my name on the comments. You know, they don't no, care. No, they don't. Stop. <laughs> this is just for when you quit. I can continue on. Oh, my bad. My bad. You know. Um, well, yeah, it was, um, if I remember correctly, J.B. Mulvaney. Yeah. Who, God rest his soul, passed away. Uh, yeah. It's already been six years. He linked us together, right? Yeah. He was the one. He, I was friends with him. I was working at, oh, man. Go ahead. This, sandwich hey, this artist. This is 1996. <laughs> you were quite the sandwich artist. I, uh. Scam yeah. artist too. Well, yeah, I was working. You had at, all the artists covered in that, that uh, company, I, and I got that art scholarship. Yeah, if you remember so correctly. There you go. You're an <laughs> artist yourself. But I was, uh, yeah, 1996, mm-hmm. working at uh, Subway Sandwich on El Dorado Boulevard, Clear Lake. Those those people from Houston don't know what I'm That's talking about. That's right. And um, they treated me unfairly. So I, I hate to say it, I, I didn't rob them blind, but I gave away sandwiches to my friends. You know. Yeah. Somewhere. That's maybe. when I met you the first time. I think. Yeah, I think it was JB or somebody said, "Hey, let's go meet this guy." He's, I mean, I was making five dollars and fifteen cents an hour, which don't I'd like to make now. Don't get me wrong, but it uh, it was you know, I mean, it, it's a entry level bullshit job, you know, and and I remember I wanted to go to a a baseball game or something. So we're not getting sponsored by Subway. No, no, no. probably no. Yeah, that's probably how they go. Go Jared. Person. Yeah, but, he um, didn't do so well no. for him either. <laughs> so don't feel so bad. <laughs> You're not the only one that's that's uh, kind of brought some shame onto <sighs> Subway. Poor guy. Um, Fuck him. So anyway, yeah. No, so uh, well, he was my hero at the time. You know, I didn't yeah. know any better. He didn't know he was no, like but a pedophile. I wanted to go to a baseball game, and um, our I believe our school was playing. A bunch of my friends and shit were like playing in the Astrodome before that shut down. Yeah. Again, this is 1996. He told me I couldn't go, and I'm like, man, you know, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, he's like, I don't care about your opportunities. I was like, really? Well, I don't care about your sandwiches. Mm-hmm. So. I had some friends come in, and then JB brought you in. Yeah, we came in, and I was, like, trying to figure out who you were and stuff. I was like, yeah. is he cool? Is he cool? Oh, come on. You, I had, you made a sandwich. I could tell when you were making the sandwich you weren't happy with your job. Well, I did I have glasses. I don't think you cut the bread from the side. I think you just chopped it right down the middle. No, no I, I could still show you how to do oh, it. Oh, you did it? I, I, got, I did it the right way. I always do everything 100 And then it 20%. came pay time. You're just like, ah, go ahead, guys. Just take the sandwiches. Yeah, I mean, they were, you know, at and the time, like, they were boy. like, you know, it's way before the $5 foot long thing. There was, like, it was free dollar foot long for, for you, you. Yeah, but. <laughs> but it was, yeah, I mean, it was it was cheap and shit or whatever. They were assholes. But uh, that's, yeah, when you, you came in and we started shooting the shit, you were telling me that uh, 
you do MMA, BJJ, all this stuff. And yeah. my dad at the time uh, was a purple belt in BJJ. Mm. And I was like, hey, you know, we watched that UFC competition thing on the old television. And I think we had to get VHSs back then. Yeah, if we, we did. didn't buy them pay per view, but yeah, <clears throat> what was pay per view back then? Twenty bucks, if that. Yeah, it was like but, 19, uh, yeah, we invited you over, and um, you told us you're like we're gonna be in that one day, and you know, my dad and I looked at each other, and we were like, <laughs> sure he is, yeah. you know. So but how yeah. ironic is it that when I first met you, you were scamming a company, and yeah. now you work for my company. So it's like. If, if I, I could like talk I was, to my old self, I'd be like, hey, Mike. I, I didn't do a heist guy, and give away 600 pounds of meat no, or anything. I, but I, I think everybody did it. Everybody. It's still to this day, I think man. if you, you hire someone under 18 years old yeah, or around you, 18, you they're going to like, hook up almost, their friends. I mean, imagine know? bartending. How many free drinks were given away? And plus, this guy was a manager of Subway. What did he know? And you know? they were bringing the coolest guy in the school in. I mean, you had to leave yeah, a good was, impression. I did work there. and um, <laughs> Yeah, but, but that's crazy how, you know, I mean... So 1996, so it must watching, have been UFC 5 back then? I don't know. Then? I mean, we were watching UFCs, and, and then in off-season, in school, we were watching them as well. And I told them as well I was going to be in the UFC. I was training at, like, a, I was training at Bushiban, which is, like, uh, a Pakistan kickboxing. Zolfi? It was actually, like, a, a martial arts, you know, but they did MMA. They introduced me to MMA. And they're like, well, you know, you can fight these tournaments that we have here locally, and... You know, there's no rules as far as they had rules, but it was very limited. Like some you could open hand to the face and kick to the face and knee to the face. Some you couldn't hit to the face at all. But so wait, wait, all in all, it you, was, you could you can knee to the face. Yeah. But you couldn't open hand. It was like I mean, you close. Yeah. It was all like illegal and non-commission. Yeah. But it was just the promoters like brain like, ah, it's probably a lot safer if they palm each other in the face and then knee each other and kick each other in the head. How much did you make your first pro fight? My first pro fight was in 1998 at Humble Civic Center. I fought Victor Bell, and I won by a rear naked choke. But I will say this. It's probably on YouTube somewhere, but it was a flying rear naked choke. And if you've never seen a flying rear naked choke, <laughs> check that out. I haven't. And me and Eve Edwards fought on the same card. Well, how much did you make, though? It was supposed to be 250 bucks, and the promoter scammed us. He left. Oh. And Travis Luter was on that card, Shannon Rich. Uh... Eve Edwards, and he also did some kind of like flying naked choke. It was kind of crazy. So Eve Edwards, he was fighting the guy that the promoter wanted to win. So he actually won the fight, and they stopped it, and they made him start again. Yeah, I forgot what happened. I think he knocked the guy out. Oh, so restarted. It's a knockout? <laughs> no, I think they, I think he, he knocked the guy out, and uh, if he's listening, he'd appreciate this. But uh, I think he, he is. He I is. think he knocked the guy out, and then they woke the guy up. For, yeah, that's what happened. And he knocked him out. They stopped it. So he's like celebrating, and they woke the guy up. Basically, you know, it, it was like a TKO stoppage kind of thing. They made him stand up, and there's no eight counts in MMA. They made him come to and keep fighting, and then I think he ended up winning with the exact same thing as me. He like leaped kind of on him, not quite the same way, but got a rear naked choke from like a leaping position. I literally like, I think I dodged a kick. The guy threw a high kick, and so he gave his back, and I just literally jumped on his back and grabbed a rear naked choke. Victor Bell drug him to the ground and then finished it. Did he tap? He tapped. Did I tap? You didn't tap. Okay. McGregor tapped. Yeah. But I, I will say this. Victor Bell did try to get out of the choke before he tapped, unlike Conor McGregor. <laughs> I'm just trying to get those Conor fans all mad at me yeah. again. They hate us. They man. hate me right now. We, we get I simply said on the internet the other day that, you know, 
if you're going to threaten murder on someone, you're going to throw things through a bus and injure people and, 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 and sell yourself, sell wolf tickets, you know, sell yourself as this warrior gangster, you know, I'll kill you. He literally said in the press conference, I will kill you or I would have killed you if you stepped off the bus. He said, you'd be in the ground, I'd be in a cell. That's what he said. Yeah. So he's allowed to threaten murder after he apologized for the event when he's supposed to be being a good guy now, right? Because he, he got off with a hand slap on that, not, that not attack. Even. That's a fucking crazy deal that he did. Zero. I mean, that was an orchestrated like terrorist attack, kind of. Not to that level. Yeah. I get it, guys. Calm down. But it was an attack that was orchestrated to like, create, you know. When you fly from 13 countries away. And your intention is to attack somebody yeah. with a group of people. I mean, that's not a good thing. And then people get injured and hurt. They lose their fights. The people who they were supposed to fight lose their fights. Uh, you make you know, you know you obviously talk about his religion and his family and I mean he couldn't have done worse before that fight. Um, you would think he would at least try to get out of the choke before tapping and giving up, considering he's a warrior, gangster, murderer, and everything else that he sold himself as, and he didn't. So my point was I don't have any disrespect towards what Connor's done. I'm actually a fan of Connor overall what he's done yeah. for the sport. I think we all should thank him. He's brought the sport to a level that was like. Or, or that is an all-new high. And um, we'll get this to this in the future about the success and him buying the suit with all of his money and, and where he's at now. It's a future conversation. Um, but I think it's very important. But the point is, you know, he sold wolf tickets to everybody that he was going to go out there and fight to the end, and then he tapped out, which, A, you shouldn't tap out from a choke. And some people say it's a neck crank, whatever. He was yapping that whole night. His, his jaw wasn't hurt. His neck, you know what I'm saying? Like they were saying it could have broke his jaw. His jaw wasn't hurt. He was yapping from the time that fight ended all night at the post-fight party, all the next day. He wasn't hurt at all. But even so, he never tried to escape, just like with Nate. It, he fights until he gets tired, until the heat gets hot, and then he gets out. And when he gets out, he takes all your money, you know, for selling yeah. these wolf tickets. All these people he convinced that he's going to fight like a warrior, he takes all that money, and then he runs with it, and he goes, buys all this shit, and then shows all on his Instagram. And then all of a sudden, This fans, is all your money. Yeah, this is all yeah. your money that I got all over me. I didn't even fight hard for you guys. I didn't even fight to the death, or at least till I passed out. And then all these guys still, like, support him and, and attack me for just sharing that opinion that I think he should have fought on. I think he should have attempted an escape. I'm not saying everyone that taps is a pussy, right? I, I, I never tapped, for the record. I never tapped. I have to say it because they're going to say that I did. Someone posted a picture of me getting submitted by Stefan Bonner. The only time I've ever tapped in my entire career, it was an arm bar, and it was like three weeks before my first UFC fight. It was an exhibition fight. Other than that, I've never tapped. It doesn't matter. I understand. Well, it wasn't it, a choke. It wasn't a choke. I would never tap from a choke. Yeah. Uh, Paulo Tiago put me in a choke, and I fell asleep. I passed out. I fought to the end. But what I'm saying is I understand if you get caught in a choke, you, you try to fight yourself out of it, and you can't, and you know you're stuck. Things are going black. You don't want to pass out or whatever. You know you're caught. Okay, I get it. But when you put your hand up to tap before you put your hand up to actually try to escape, you're quitting. He quit. Mm -hmm. That was my point. Somebody put it best. You're asking the ref to stop, to yeah, help. Exactly. And the thing is, as someone who's been in the UFC for 15 fights, I have a voice on my own social media to give my opinion, and that was my opinion. I think if he's going to sell himself as this gangster and threaten murder, and I took on the English Empire and throw dollies through bus windows, actually hurt people, go out there and be a warrior. Do, well, what, do what you said. Like, and if you don't, I get the right to say you didn't. If a journalist can say you didn't, if another fan, if all these fans that attacked me, who are they to attack me? They've never even trained. How can they attack me, but I can't share my opinion on them? So I got attacked. His, I don't care. No one's going to bring me down you, off the internet, but I'm just saying. His legacy's over. All right, now, 
he just called out Anderson Silva. Much love. I always thought Anderson Silva was the best fighter of all time. Yeah. Until he did steroids. And whatever happened, he's one in five his last fights. I'm probably wrong, but still. Yeah. How are you going to sit there and say you're the best fighter in the world and call out a 44? How old is him? Or Anderson Silva? I mean, he's in his 40s. I mean, he's yeah, he's up there. Yeah. It's like, because nobody else, I, I just, to me, it's kind of. He wouldn't beat Anderson even in his 40s, though. I, mean, I think he, Anderson's done, dude. I, mean, I don't think he beats Anderson. Buddy. Uh, I mean. Maybe because I was in his era and, like, I got to witness well, what he yeah. did in front of my face for my whole fights. career. Everybody's beat him. Yeah, but he's Bisping fought have. Daniel Corman. I mean, he's fought top-level guys that are, like, heavyweights, light heavyweights, middle, huge and middleweights. See, that's the problem. And he's I fighting a guy who's everybody's a, who's a moving. I don't even. Do you even know what weight class Conor McGregor's in right now? Can you know? Well, Why are they even weight class? Either way, we're getting off track. But the point yeah. is, let's go back I, to how we met. I, yeah, I just I just made a comment and I got attacked by the Conor McGregor fans. Let's go back to. But how... I just wanted to clear that up. I have my voice, and that was my opinion, and it is still my opinion, and and it is what it is. But the guys that like attack me, I don't care. So you're wasting your time. I yeah. no one with the. Uh, well, that's that's what we're talking about. The the dislikes we get are McGregor fans. But I'm just saying it doesn't matter to me. Nothing's going to bring me down. I'm living a good life. We're doing what we want to do. Like. It's worked out great for us. I'm happy. No one with a private account that's like going to come and say, who are you talking about Conor McGregor? You, you haven't done what he's done. I know. It's not going to bring me down. <laughs> I'm not going to lose sleep over this and, and not continue achieving success and, 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 and trying to build this gym and doing all the things that I have in business that I'm doing. So long story short is, guys, it doesn't bother me. And, and the people that supported me and backed me up, thanks for doing that. But I don't, it, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't have to support me either. Like, it's just my opinion. Well, support's nice. These guys come to uh, my you know, social media, and then they're like, you don't I have get, an opinion. I'm like, this I get is the my comments, social media. Uh, I get the comments, you've never even fought before, pussy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. I've never clipped from a guy who's never fought. Yeah, I've never driven a fucking Ferrari. Yeah, yeah anyway, so that, that was the point but of the whole Connor comment. But anyway, back to where I would we like were. to go back to. Do you remember the very? Because you know, God, we get sidetracked. I've been kind of a douchebag to you in the past sometimes. You're, yeah, you have. Well, you don't have to be so quick to answer. Well, you have though. Do you remember? I know you won't remember this, but one of the first things that made me think about it today when we were preparing for this episode we, we, straight from that to douchebaggery we prepare for well you talk about mcgregor um do you remember when and i don't say i'm happy for his success and i hope he does do better and continue in business dick. i'm just i know but i'm just i'm gonna be fair about this no i know i'm critiquing know. what he did in the fight it has nothing to do with they his could success. Watch last seven episodes good for him with with what he's done and he's earned his money and now he has his liquor company good for him but i do have that opinion but anyway i just want to get that out there because <laughs> people are like oh he's salty he hates mcgregor i don't i just didn't like that yeah. anyway go ahead. Does. so when were you a douche no Wow, okay, so quick to go back to First it. time. Um, and I want to apologize to you and your mom. Oh. <laughs> Do you is this remember? new news for me? This is new. I don't oh. think you'll remember this because oh. you know I got the best memory on the podcast. podcast. You're going to break some news to me? Anybody who watches knows I can tell you any date of any celebrity dying, all that shit. Yeah. But do you remember when your mom was moving out of Pirate's Landing mm. and you asked me to come help you move? And I was like, ooh, I'm 17. I don't know about that. I didn't go and... The people that did help you, I can't remember who, maybe Peter. Peter. You know, um, he was real Your friend. mom bought everybody a, a, a cruise or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. Yeah. That's when I learned. I was like, just quit fucking Mike over. Yeah. That was, God, God bless your mom. She takes I feel care so of everybody. Bad. She was so sweet. And I was such a douche. Yeah. I was 17. Lesson number one. I had blonde highlights and green contacts. Dude, what, do you want, what do you want from me? Yeah, you, know? you did. You should have known better than to be my friend. God, you look like a douchebag. Wow. I'm just saying. You hey, I didn't look much hair. better. I had blonde hair you one had time, too. I think that shit was well, orange. Well, I tried to make it blonde. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't quite make it. 
I wish we had uh, pictures of us in high school. I see my mom next week, actually. Yeah, tell her I love her. Great. Yeah, I'll tell her about that too. She, don't bring the because you remember how mad she got about <laughs> the vodka. Mark wasn't on the cruise. Tell, tell him about the vodka. Oh, that we have here. Yeah, we actually have. How, how was that not sitting out here? Uh, we'll, we'll bring it out here. But anyway, let's get back to the fight stuff. So, um, okay, so then I was fighting underground and and kind of in these like high school auditoriums and going to high school and, and going to class and then that going was a to big, fight hey, again. That was a big deal like, in our high school because nobody did it. Yeah, so I was else? the only one that was like going out and fighting on the weekends and like then going to school the next week. And and it was like But I never remember you having special. black eyes or any of that weird shit. Yeah, well, it's because these weird rules. I mean, no one's well, going no to hit me with an open hand and black my eye, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not gonna go down like hand. that. Nah. And I wasn't going to take any kicks or knees to the face. So I was pretty good. I was always the striker going against these like BJJ guys. So I was always trying to keep it on the feet and take down defense on these guys. So um, so then we got through that, and then then we did the photo shoot for some fight opportunity in L.A. WTNW. Yeah, and then I was like, man, dude, I think I'm going to get on this show, this TV show. What's ironic is it was basically The Ultimate Fighter years before The Ultimate Fighter yeah. came out. Another guy who was associated with ACB in Russia. Um, uh, what was it, 99? Kiavi. Kiavi Lu, I think was his name. He actually came up with the concept with this guy from ACB, which is Absolute Combat in uh, Russia. And they formed together this TV show Wait, where... Combat's one word. But CB... What? ACB is Absolute Combat? That's what that stands for? It, it's, I don't know what the B is. It's Absolute... Oh. ACB. It's Absolute Combat something. I thought it was Combat. That's what I was like. No, no, no. ACB. Weird. It was called ACB, but I, th- I think it was ACB. Absolute Combat something. And it was in Moscow. I went to a few shows. Joe Charles and, and Patrick Smith, all the old guys. Um... Anyway, so they formed this uh, like TV show thing they were going to do, and it was basically like young fighters who were coming up, and then they had mentors who were already kind of established fighters, which were still not big names, kind of, you know? And then they would Daniel help. Daniel Pewter? And they would, was he in there? No, no, he wasn't part oh, of this one. Okay. And then uh, they helped, uh, you know, this whole thing. And so I came to California. Actually, I asked you for some photos. They said send photos in. <laughs> so I was like, Mark, I, uh, I need you to take photos of me. Without my shirt yeah, well, on. See, we were only boys there for about twelve months, if that. It was kind of so. No. I, you know, I've never taken pictures of my friends shirtless before. Yeah, in then, a bathroom. And then I was like, "You're like, where do we do it?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Maybe the like the bathroom. Probably somebody sees us." And we were in Twenty Four Hour Fitness at the bathroom doing a photo shoot. And people were coming in there. It's kind of mm. weird. What do you mean, kind of weird? No, what was weird? Just put a pause on that. Uh huh. When you fought in. You fought against Demarcus Johnson in L.A. We had to go to 24-hour fitness for you to cut weight. Mm-hmm. And we brought your scale in that was 100% accurate. Remember that thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had never seen so many Chinese naked dudes. Yeah. Which, it was like a ton of them. I mean, don't, I don't want to, but holy fuck. That gym, if you guys like naked Chinese dudes, go to 24-hour fitness in L.A. Unfucking real But they all kept getting on your yeah. scale and sweat dripping off. Yeah. The sweat was dripping off of that. And I was like, because I was waiting one time after them to get on my own scale. And I'm like cutting weight. I'm in a bad mood anyway. Well, I'm, I'm making, I'm sitting outside. You've got a uh, plastic or a baggie yeah. with ice. Remember? And you're like, yeah. and so I can only do so much but sit outside and watch naked Chinese dudes. You know what I mean? Hey, a fight hack for you guys out there. Speaking of that, just, just to help you guys out. If you have to cut a lot of weight in the sauna, get you a bag of ice and put your head in the ice. And then when you suck the air from the bag of ice, it's like air conditioned. I don't know how many people know this, but I'm always the only one that's ever done it when I go to cut weight through my whole UFC career. And you can also take ice into your mouth, swish it around a little bit, spit it out. It makes your weight cut a ton better. Because when you're sucking in that hot, humid, 
sauna air dude you're dead What'd within you like an now? hour i don't know like i can't remember how i came up with it or i don't know i just remember i'd get a bag of ice put it, my face in it and i would just breathe through the ice and it was like air conditioned it was so fucking relaxing my body was like on fire so you're probably the first to do that i don't know i don't just know how like where it came the from. first to have a uh, sponsor banner sponsor banner but i i don't know but i'm just saying for you guys that are cutting weight try it trust me you will thank me for it it is a hundred times better than I sitting in Look there and me. breathing that that steamy hot uh, sauna. So I was waiting in line to to check my weight, and I'm like, "Dude, guys, come on!" And there's one guy in front of me, and I'm like, "Ah!" Oh. And there's like water dripping. It on, wasn't water onto the friend. scale, right? It's not water. And I'm like, "What the hell? You're sweating on my scale, dude!" And I looked down, and it was like coming straight from his his thing, penis. Yeah, his penis. So it was like I'm like watching the sweat drip from his penis, and it was like in almost slow motion down to my <laughs> scale, and it was like on on the scale. Wow, how big was this drop? It was a big drop. And I was like, then I just pushed him out of the way. I was like, dude, guys, listen, you need to move. This is my scale. I'm here for business. That was the smallest penis I've ever seen. I may not register to you guys, but I need to check my weight. And then I had to step on his penis sweat. So that was the beginning of that whole fucking weight cut. That was fun. That was fun. Anyway, back to uh, taking half-naked pictures of you. Man, that's a lot of... uh, Yeah. So then we we sent the photos in, and I got picked. I went to L.A. and uh, They actually remember, if you looked on the internet back then... Was it called the internet back then? I don't know. Uh, they actually used that picture of you in the bathroom for your like profile of yeah. you know, Houston, Texas, and all yeah, that. Yeah, right. Which you they know, put us in a magazine. Too. I didn't get any photo credit for that, by the way. Yeah. Hashtag. They didn't have hashtag back then. No. It was called a pound symbol back then. Wasn't yeah. Fuck. And you dialed nine one one after. <laughs> that's that's when I text you or no, page you. That's when yeah, I page you. Beeper time. Uh, so then, yeah, we went to L.A. and, like, that show didn't pan out. And it's crazy because and I remember Chiavi was like, he it was, oh, man, who was it, Todd Medina? I want to say it was Todd Medina somewhere around L.A. Me and him grappled. And Chiavi was like, oh, my God, that's intense. Guys, that looks way too intense. You guys, we can't do something like this. And we were just grappling. But we were, like, competitive. You know, I didn't want to lose. I wanted to go hard. I'm like, this is what we do, man. I mean, this is only grappling. We haven't even sparred. And he was just like, oh, shit. And uh, and then never panned out for whatever reason. Kiabi and this guy from uh, ACB had a big falling out while I was there, right in front of my face, like literally a fight in their little LA studio production company thing. So I was just like, "Fuck, what's going on?" And it never happened. And then lo and behold, dude, like seriously, like not even shit. I don't know how many years later, fucking Ultimate Fighter came out. I mean, they must have been kicking themselves. Yeah, they must be. It pissed. was literally so close to the same dynamic as Ultimate Fighter. So crazy. You had hotter chicks. Yeah, on our show. Yeah, I remember that. Remember your boy. I remember you uh, snuck away with one and ditched your boy. That was the first time you ditched me, dude. Uh, I brought you to L.A. You came out to support me, grabbed a girl, and took off. Yeah, that's why I said the first time is when you were moving. And I didn't see you. for. Fun fact, do you remember who she was? Time. No. I she saw her for like five seconds. You took her. She was the – so first of all, she tells me, she goes – what are you doing tonight? I'm like, hey, working out, you know, <laughs> going to the library. Um, she's like, do you want to come and stay with me at my boss's house? I was like, fuck yeah, I do. I don't give a shit. She was pretty hot. She's a ring girl. Yeah, so do course. the math, guys. So she ended up being, how do you not know this? She was the girlfriend of the bad um, guard on a green mile, the green mile that would step on the, the mouse and didn't put water on the guy's head. The know. same guy that was 55 years old and married the 16-year-old girl? I don't know. Something stoddard or whatever? I'll, I'll introduce you to Google here in a moment. Yeah. 
So and she so she's like, stay at my boss's house. I'm like, all right. We go to Beverly Hills, which I don't know how far that really is away from L.A., but it turns out to be an hour from wherever we were. Yeah. And um, we walk in. There's this all this 90210 shit all over the wall. I was like, what does a 12 year old girl live here? You know, uh, it was Jason Priestley's house. He was doing a movie, and his wife was in rehab, <laughs> and she was babysitting his son. So long story short, I hung out with Jason Priestley's babysitter on his green leather couch, drinking his Heineken. Wow, I didn't know all the details. I sure as fuck. Because you didn't answer any of my calls. I, uh, you gonna bring that up? You gonna bring that up on the cell phone you bought me? Yeah, you bought me that cell phone. Dick. By the way, God, I might you fire you by the time this is over. You ain't fired shit. All right, so let's go to the commercial break. While I kick your ass. <laughs> all right, fair enough. And uh, so I think our sponsors, Starfish Concept, uh, as always, um, PR company out of Taiwan and all over the world, not just Taiwan, Hong Kong and China. Uh, they do PR for myself, for AK Thailand. And Jun Yu has been a big supporter of AK Thailand for a long time. And speaking of AK Thailand, that is our number two sponsor, shockingly enough. Mm-hmm. So if you are curious about what goes on at AK Thailand, let Dana White explain. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. The great Mike Swick. He's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. All right, we're back and great commercial. Awesome Michael. commercial. Yes. That, man, that sums it up, right? Every time I watch that in between, no, I don't watch it. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think we've watched it enough. I've probably watched yeah. it a hundred times. Um, so anyway, back to kicking your ass again. So any other, uh, things that I don't know about that, uh, so let's get to the, okay. Everyone knows you're a douchebag already. So let's, let's get to the, um, tell us some stuff about my career from a, uh, not a fan, but like a friend standpoint, cool stories, cool things that's happened throughout my career that kind of like bonded us together. And from a personal perspective, I I mean, we've talked about how you helped my dad out in Iraq. Yeah, that so cool. that was after I was in the UFC. So, so let's talk about, let's fast forward, uh, WTW, World Team Wrestling is what they called it instead of Ultimate Fighter, but uh, that didn't work out, and I left LA, went back to uh, Texas, and eventually moved That's to... That's when we were selling cars together. Yeah, and then I eventually moved to... Uh, <laughs> Some stories there. Yeah. <laughs> God. And then I eventually moved to AKA and started training there and getting my fighting career going, and I got in the UFC, well, I got an Ultimate Fighter, so let's talk about that. What do you think about that? What do you think about seeing you, an Ultimate Fighter and then getting into the UFC after, also, I, after uh, I said for all those years I was going to be in the UFC and nobody believed me, including yourself? I'll tell you, I'll tell you that went down. It was uh, obviously April of, or no, not April. It would have been that was, that was September. The fight. Of, April fourth or something. Yeah, was the so fight. April tenth. Was it tenth or April fifth? Shit, I don't know. But it was two thousand five. So this that was the fight. You called me in '04 because we didn't really speak a whole lot after that uh, California trip. Yeah. And then you called me up 
and was like, hey, you know, you do you have Spike TV? I'm like, who the hell is this guy? You know, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you're like, yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm on a TV show. You know, holy shit, we did it. You know, blah blah blah. Or you did it. I say we because there's another story that we forgot about. But when we were doing the uh, acting class, oh, that's right. But anyway, um, no, we uh, you call me up. You're like, dude, uh, you know, watch it seven o'clock, I guess, whatever it was on Spike TV. Yeah, you were the friend that ditched me. And then I just waited till I made some kind of success just to call you back and say, hey, watch me on TV, bitch. And then you took me with you. Yeah. You showed me. Yeah, I showed you. You, you. did. And no, that was really cool, man. You, you were like, yeah, watch this show. I'm on it. I was like, fuck yeah. So watch it. It was first episode, I mm-hmm. believe, right? And then I, I will say, I, I remember, you know, of course, the show was cool. I liked the premise, of course. You know, everything. Of course, you're in it. It was nice. Uh, but I, I guess you probably came back to Texas maybe four or five weeks into the season. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, you already filmed it. You know, the people know how the series works, whatever. But you actually came over to my apartment. We watched it together. Mm-hmm. And I had forgotten that you haven't really – you don't know what goes on every second of the house. You know, you're in your own little shit. So it was pretty cool to – I've never watched a TV program with somebody who's on that TV program. Yeah. You know, so that that was probably pretty cool. You know, again, you know, my mom thought you were the most famous person in the world <laughs> after that, you know, and all that stuff. And, but, yeah, like I, when we watched the show, we didn't know a lot of what was going to happen. We forgot what we did. More oh, or less, that, what anyone else how long, did. How long was that show? Like, how long we were, were the you longest actually? one? I think it was like eight weeks. But you were in there for not not how long the the series was. How long were you actually you from the start of the house to the end of the house? Full. I never got moved. To, well, I, no, I was in the final. Was it eight fight. weeks? Was it a two week? Eight weeks or, or two months? So I was in the final fight. Believe it or not, they they moved the order and they had, uh, I think it was uh, yeah they had Forrest versus Schoenauer as the final fight of the show. In reality, they had already fought, and it was me and Stefan as the final fight. So me and Stefan fought to see who was going to be in the final for the um to be the ultimate fighter and they flipped it on us because obviously i was supposed to fight Forrest. stefan was supposed to fight Ste- uh Schoenauer. and the day before they said no we're gonna switch it around guys so the guy you've been training with this entire time i've been training with stefan bonner to fight Forrest. they were very similar styles as we all saw which, all which made the best fight yeah which made the fight so interesting they were so close so my style to beat Forrest was what i was working on with stefan then they said you're fighting Stefan. So I was like, "Uh, well, that sucks because like that's the same exact game plan I'm going to have against you too." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so I was like, "Shit." Both of them weren't as uh known for striking and the ground guys more more so and uh yeah, so yeah, it's crazy. And then so close, st- actually Shonauer took it to uh force on the feet was actually doing better than force on the feet and then force got him down, beat him, and then I fought Stefan and then almost had him out. This this is why. Okay, we'll go back to the McGregor thing now because this is a great example. And I got two things to say about this. I'm pissed right, off about this. I think I know where too. you're going with this. All right, number one, the entire sp- there wouldn't be a Conor McGregor probably, and the whole the whole sport wouldn't be the same somehow because everything changes everything. If Stefan Bonner tapped out to that choke I had him in, and if you don't think that was a tight choke that I had Stefan Bonner in, look how purple he is. Go down, go down into your little DVD box and put on the final. Uh, episode of uh, Ultimate Fighter, and look at that guillotine choke. He was purple and gurgling. He was in so much, p- and that was a guillotine choke. That wasn't like a rear naked choke. The chair wasn't a swickety. It was. It was. The, it was the beginning of a swickety. I couldn't claim it because it didn't work. Yeah. Uh, it was deep. I was. I felt his throat caving in, like crunching. I felt the crunching of his trachea, oh. like the bones crunching. Uh, he was purple. Uh, he was gurgling. No blood to him. His whole face was purple. It was, and he he kept fighting and managed to get out of it. Yeah. That's why you don't tap to a choke, because think about what the UFC would be right now if you would have won that. If that was Conor McGregor, he'd have tapped 
way sooner than 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 Stefan didn't eighty percent of people would. and I'd have fought for us and it wouldn't have been three rounds. Someone would have gotten knocked out in the first round. Now who it was, who knows? I would have went straight after him like I did with uh Schoenauer, like I did with Gideon Ray, like I did with all the other guys. So someone would have been knocked out in the first round, but it wouldn't have been that amazing, crazy fight that launched the sport, launched yeah. everything. But Stefan Bonner didn't tap, and and it was so fucking tight. I've never in my entire life choked somebody so hard, felt so much crunching in their throat, so much pain, heard him gurgling, just felt so much pain in this person, and they never tapped. And he kept fighting until I was completely like kind of spent, and he got out. That's why you don't tap. Um, and then my problem with that is that can, I won that round, but at the very end of the the, the, the end of the round, it was like ten seconds left. I jumped up to, to land one big punch, and then he put me in an arm bar, popped my arm. And, and, of course, at that time, it was an exhibition fight. We didn't get paid. We signed exhibition contracts, so it was not a pro fight. And um, I tapped because it was an arm bar, and it popped my arm, and I had a fight within three or four weeks or something, and that was my big UFC opportunity If I, you know, outside of that. So if you lose on the show, we all knew we still had one more chance to fight on the finale, but if you break your arm or something, you can't yeah, fight. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and that was the only time I've ever tapped in my entire career. But he did pop my arm. I still fought and I still won, so I got my UFC contract. But uh, the crazy thing is, Sherdog never put that on our record as a professional fight until like a year ago or something. So oh, now it's on there now. Yeah. So now my official record is fifteen and six instead of fifteen and five. But you signed an exhibition, and it was only absolutely one hundred percent. It wasn't pro. So my sanctioned. my pro record for the record for all you guys is fifteen and five. But it has me at 15 and 6 because of Stefan Bonner fight, even though that was an exhibition fight. And it wasn't even my weight class. I weighed in at 193. Stefan cut to 206. We fought at 205. So it wasn't even, I, I didn't even make the weight to make the, the 205 weight yeah. class. I mean, I did by a few pounds, like a couple pounds, but I was at the very bottom. So it wasn't even my weight class, and it was an exhibition fight, and we didn't get paid. So that kind of sucks that I have an extra loss that I didn't really have. And it's the only time I tap, you know, but. Nonetheless, that is a good reason, that fight right there. Watch that fight. It's the, the what well, was the second to final fight on the last episode of Ultimate Fighter, uh, season one. And you'll see a guy who's getting choked out in a painful choke. I'll say a guillotine is a very more likely choke to tap from than a rear naked choke. Rear naked choke is like the easiest choke to go out in. You're comfortable and you just pass out. Yeah. I mean, it hurts. It's panic, right? But it's not like a guillotine. Oh, a guillotine, you're getting your, your trachea shoved in, cracked, broke. You feel like you're going to die. And that's a good example of why warriors like Stefan Bonner, he didn't tap. And because he didn't tap, he went on to fight Forrest Griffin, create this huge, great fight that launched the sport and put him in the Hall of Fame. So I attribute his entire success in being in the Hall of Fame in that fight to him not tapping in that, that one match with me because it, if he tapped, it would have been over. So I would assume while you had that in there, yeah, you were like, why isn't this fucker tapping? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I've now, tapped so many people with Vice that. versa. Have you ever had a choke on somebody like, Oh my God! Did that guy really just tap? <clears throat> yeah, and those are people that want to get out. Do you want to mention any names? I'll mention. Um, I'll say. Um, I'll say because I mean it was clear everyone saw it. But when I fought Joe Riggs, Joe Riggs was he was a tough fight at the yeah. time. I mean he 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 had just beat Chris Lytle bad, and then he beat uh, Nick Diaz, and that was the next fight, and that was my biggest fight at the time, and he beat Nick Diaz in the octagon, and then they got a fight at the hospital that night. I remember that. It was crazy. <laughs> they had to break them up. Yeah. So then I was his next fight. So he was on like a tear with Lytle and Nick Diaz. And then I was the next fight. So it was a huge fight. And I knew I didn't want to be on bottom. He had some big bombs. And so I was very leery of going to the guillotine position because if I missed, 
he's going to be on top and pounding me out. Like he, he pounded out Lytle bad. It was, it was rough. Um, but I, I tried to play the mental game with him kind of Conor McGregor style, I guess, uh, before the fight and, and, you know, the fight started and I landed a really hard kick to his head. He blocked it, but he still got rocked and he went for like a really sloppy takedown. And then I put him in a choke and then he did the same exact thing. He put the hand up. I knew, I mean, I, I went ahead and cranked it as hard as I could, but I knew when I saw the hand come up, it was, it wasn't to escape. It was to tap. His, but that being said, I was putting everything I had into it. I wasn't like slowly. It was tight, and I was trying to pull his head off. But he didn't seem to to try to escape. Does it like? I mean, I'm sure knocking somebody out must be the ultimate high. But mm. is it almost? I don't say. Is it more excitement to knock somebody out? Of course it is. Don't get me wrong. I, maybe I'm trying to word this wrong. But is it kind of relief whenever? Because you, you're like, all right, it's over. I'm not going to get hit anymore. He's not going to get hit. Mm. Or like, would you? I mean, obviously you'd rather knock somebody out. Yeah, maybe I'm more than this wrong. It's gonna sound like it's a fucking stupid question, but I can't. I can't tell what you're asking. I mean, is do you get more enjoyment from knocking somebody out or submitting them? Yeah. Now I don't. And I, of course, the man answer is fuck yeah, I like knocking them out. But I know that there's deep down you don't want to. You don't want to hurt the other person. And mm-hmm. I, I know you. You know. So is it almost a in relief the ring? I do when though. They tap? But it's a different person. But you there. don't want them cut and bleeding and ruining their career. I don't want them know, breaking their an career. Arm. But yeah. you're out when I'm out there in a fight. I'm, it's like a warrior mentality. I fight to the death, which you saw with Paulo Tiago. I mean, I fought out of that choke till I passed out. I knew I was going to pass out. I saw the, the <laughs> my my vision going black. You know what I mean? I was still trying to get out of the choke. I felt how tight it was, but I wasn't going to tap, and I was going to keep pulling the arm until I could you know, either get out of it or or pass out. And a good... Um, a good, do you ex- feel a good example of why I fought out of that. Or was, do you feel it when they break it up? <clears throat> like, do you feel it actually when they tap? Because the adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it depends. It depends. But I'll say the, an, another reason why I or I I feel this way is because when I fought uh, Chris Oliban the first time, if you watch that fight, WC nine maybe, we fought for the title and he put me in a renegade choke, a really strong one, and uh, I fought out of that and I was almost passed out. So that was a good example of you can you can get out of these chokes, guys. Like. That's the reason you fight to the end because at a worst case, you go to sleep and you have a loss. That's a worst case. But at a best case, you can continue fighting on and possibly win. I continued fighting on and got knocked out. Probably wasn't great for me. Mm-hmm. But I did take some kind of like self-mental uh, victory in the fact that I didn't tap from that choke. you know. Um, but he ended up TKO. I, mean, I wasn't knocked out, but he TKO'd me and they stopped the fight. But... So I, so many times people get out of chokes, but nowadays you never see it. You never see these guys fight. They tap so fast. It's it's like when you look at the older fights, you see these guys get out of crazy chokes. Like remember Japan, like like you see these guys get put in these chokes, and you're like, oh, the, the crowd's like, oh, and then like all of a sudden he gets out, and the crowd's like, ah, oh, they can't believe it. It happens. Yeah. You can get out of chokes. That's why you're allowed to fight out of them. You can get out of chokes. You don't have to tap the second you get put in a choke position. You can get out of them. I've seen guys get out of full arm bars. You can get out of them. I'm not saying don't tap if you get caught and you know you're caught and it's 100% and things are going black or definitely a joint lock, you know, a knee bar, ankle lock, arm bar. Don't, don't ruin your career. You know, obviously this is a sport, but... Yeah, man, I've seen so many. It just seems like these days the fighters don't fight till the end, a lot of them. Some of them still do, but they're kind of like just going out there and like, like if I put three months in, I'm not going to quit. Like you can't make me quit in that fight. Like I'm not going to go out of there unless I'm knocked out, I'm passed out, or it's just out of my control. I mean, it's too much work, man, too much effort, too much energy, too much of my time to go out there and just quit, you know? 
So that's just, just my mentality, yeah. you know. I'm not trying to be a dick to anybody. I'm just, that's just my mentality, man. That's how. And, and, and AK is a little different than other fight gyms. We fight like that since day one. When we when people come and watch us train, we fight like that in the gym. So call it right, call it wrong, but that's our mentality. We don't have that quitter mentality. You don't see our guys tapping quick on anything. You don't see our guys getting tired and gassing out. And you know, we fight, and then it's because that's what we know. That's what we do. And whether it's good or whether it's bad to be remain judged but i will say stefan bonner wouldn't have fought for us yeah. if he was a quick tapper you what know would it be? i would have i would have gotten beat in my career a few times i'd have a lot more losses if i tap quick i've gotten out of choke so these people owe you so much no stop but <laughs> anyway. be nice though you know so come on what else we got so oh, you got a question for me i mean you never i mean or uh, tell me I mean, is there anything you like about me i mean I <laughs> not really dude no yeah. you're you're not nah, no nah, you're my friend for a long time dude and it's cool because you've been with me for so long so we have all these experiences, and we've gotten through the good and the bad. The bad, you listed a couple of things, but there's so much more that are that But it's really good. It's not like we've ever harmed each other. Yeah, or, no. And it's like every friend. It's, yeah. it's very rare to see somebody that are still friends and, and as close as we are 24 years later. You know what I mean? Where, like, we work together, and, like, we're running one of the biggest gyms in the world. Hang out know? together, work together. We work do together, this we together. hang out, we do podcasts, we travel. Like, we do a lot together. and we're Never as, slept together. We're as, clo- we're as close as you could possibly be and and you know yeah so but yeah you've been to a lot of fights so i want you to tell me as uh my friend and and someone who's been along at some of these fights what are a couple of the highlights you've had when i got in the ufc because obviously when i got in the ufc your life became a lot more exciting because now yeah, you're I now admit, you're going to ufcs and you're getting to see all the fighters and be at the events i had a life before you though just so you know i but, get it but no i mean i no, but got a lot more exciting in the in the, in this like you know the sports world and and going to events and, and meeting fighters and things like that. So what are some of your highlights? Really cool seeing um, in Houston, Texas, when they put your name spinning around the Toyota Center. Yeah. Pull all the lights down, Tupac starts, and then just your name. Got the only lights in the entire stadium. Yeah. Or what, what is it? Yeah. It's called a stadium? Yeah, yeah. I don't even know it's what it huge. is. That place is huge. A center, Toyota Center. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that that was always really cool. Um, I thought when you uh, – if you actually – if and I know I've shown you this before. If you go to the – the Goulet fight and the uh, uh, Demarcus Johnson fight—you can actually hear me yelling your name and going yeah. ape shit, you know? Because it, it's a whole. Let's other get thing. to the Demarcus fight because you've told this story to a lot of people. I don't think you've said it on the podcast. Talk about when I walked out for the Demarcus fight because I love the story. <laughs> it's actually. So first of all, I, had I think nine, it's on YouTube somewhere. I, I had 910 days off. This was my big comeback fight. This was the only fight. I'm sorry. This is the only reason I built AK Thailand was because I had to win this fight. This was like my comeback fight. Uh, you know, and I had to win this fight and I had to win it in good fashion. It had been 910 days since I fought. It was on Fox. It was on the main card. It was yeah, huge. Yeah, you bumped to the main card. Yeah, it First was huge. The main card. And it was at Staples Center, which is, I got a lot of fan base in LA and, and Staples oh, Center. Fuck yeah. And coming out to Tupac, Ambitions of a Rider, after three years, the place went nuts. It's, yeah. So you were there. So were t- tell so the story. First, right before when the, um, the prelims ended, <clears throat> there was a solid 20-minute interval, I guess you'd say. And yeah. All they're playing is Tupac the whole time. Not your song, but yeah. just every other, you yeah. know, to live and die in L.A. Everything that says L.A. in it, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm a pretty tall white fella. I don't do a whole lot of dance, but you can't help it because I'm pumped for you. Come on, I know you're next, you know, all that shit. So I swear to God, this is not made up. There is a lady. So you, you had us probably about the 13th row up, mm-hmm. which don't get me wrong, phenomenal seats. Because we've been so low that you really have to be like this to see the fight, and you can't, mm-hmm. you know. But um, we were solid, you know, 13, 14 rows, whatever. And you were coming out, red corner, 
Thank you for right. Anyway, I put you out so you could be there when I walk out. That's you did it. <laughs> Thanks, Dana. <laughs> no, I'm, well, I'm no, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. But so, so we had Nam Fam's family behind us, mm-hmm. and we rooted for him because he was in the prelims. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, dude, look, we root for him, you root for us, you know? He's like, because he's, you know, of course, we're wearing the Swick shirts and shit. Yeah. So uh, he's like, dude, he's coming out over there, you know? So I was like, yeah, fuck it. So we we go over there, and there's these two old. I swear to God, they're 110 years old apiece. I mean, it, <laughs> seat 102 and 108. Those were their ages, oddly enough. And I was like, I was like, look, I know you don't believe me. I swear, this is my high school buddy coming out. Is there any way that we can just sit here just for just during the walkout? You have your seats back. I swear to God, you know, you know. They're like, oh yeah, you know, no problem, no problem. So I had never slapped your hand on the way out before, mm. and I swear to God, it's on YouTube somewhere. Some, that like the, if you actually can hear me, if you go to YouTube, you walking out. I don't I have know a couple who walkouts was on there. It was like YouTube. four people behind me, four rows back, and you can hear me. Hey, I'm losing my shit and all that yeah. stuff, you know. And uh, just all enough, and you're you're going by, you're slapping everybody's hand, all that shit. And I swear to God, this is my hand right here. You go like literally like this, and slap the next one to me, like all down the road. It's like you knew it was my hand, because there's no way, because I'm sticking it out. And I'm just like, you gotta be shitting me. So the lady's like, looks at me, she's like, oh yeah, your friend, huh? I'm like, fuck it, man, it really is, you know. But I've given you so many high fives over the years. I figured, it you know. Stop. But yeah, that was uh, you know, that, that was that's obviously you know, I ain't gonna lie, man. It in the beginning, it was awesome seeing you fight. But the more I knew that how important the fights were, you know, it'd be different when you were fighting Gideon Ray and shitbag, not shitbags, but you know what I mean. Uh, you start getting that upper echelon of fighters, you know, mm-hmm. ranked number two, number one. And I got to the point I couldn't watch it because we used to have, you know, big group you of had friends. Panic attacks. Well, calm down. <laughs> no, I did, be honest. I did. My, one of my my first panic attack ever was in Vegas when I watched you fight. I had gotten shot two years earlier, almost to the day. Yeah. Actually, wait, 20 months to You got shot, just so people know, you got shot in a gang-related shooting. Yeah, in a drive-by shooting. Innocent. So it was one of those things where if, if the gang drove by a car and flashed their lights and the car did it or didn't do it or whatever, they had to shoot the car to be into the gang. Well, it wasn't urban legend. No, it was a well, fact I thought it was that, one of those things. No, they were called the Vu Crew. They shot it's your the car v- up. Well, no, it's the Vietnamese gang called the Vu Crew. Okay. And uh, to get into the gang, instead of getting jumped in where they just kick the shit out of you for six minutes or whatever mm-hmm. it is, you have to shoot up a random car. They're real nice people. Oh, okay. So I was at a wedding, and um, they may or may not have been serving a keg of beer that nobody else was drinking, so I was going to give it a go, you know. Can't let that thing go down. That's the only tapping I'll do is on a keg. See what I did there? Yeah, I got you. It's tapping a keg, Mike. Anyway, so, um, yeah, this uh, – a Connor joke. I uh, I was sleeping in the back seat, thank God. And um, I was with, I'm 6'5, my buddy was 6'6, six, six, the other guy was 6'5. Mm-hmm. We're on the same basketball team, whatever. And a car pulled up behind us and just started unloading on us. They just had to shoot up a car. And I'm, I'm laying on my left side, and the back window falls on top of me and breaks on me, which will wake you up. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, what the fuck? They're like, we're getting shot, we're getting shot. They start yelling that, and I can. You can actually hear the bullets whizzing by. So I'm like, you know, it's a 1999 Honda Accord, not the biggest vehicle on the planet. And I'm going to, like, so I just get down as low as I can. And, um, you know, fast forward a little bit, we ended up somehow stopped at a uh, gas station. I left my head up, and the driver's like this, missing a piece of his head on the left side, and a bullet stuck in the back of his head. Looked like someone put a tack back there. And the driver had reached across to drive because the other guy was done. You know, so he's driving like this. So he got hit in the head, the back, and the shoulder. So I'm following. We had some lady friends in front of us, and um, 
my girlfriend at the time comes running to us. The passenger gets out, runs, and they just take off. So I'm like, oh, this is neat. You know, you just left us here. So I pick my buddy up, move in the passenger seat. I put the girl in the back seat, and I'm driving to the hospital. And any other day, I'm, you know, in a school zone going 22 miles per hour, I get pulled over. This is 2 a.m. I'm holding the horn down and honking the horn. I mean, uh, uh, flashing the lights and all that stuff. I just want to get pulled over. You know, I want help. Hmm. So I'm driving to the hospital, and I remember I kept punching him in the leg. I was like, stay awake, stay awake. He's just like, Ugh. you know, I mean, I can't even grip the steering There's blood everywhere. All the windows are gone. Um, I remember I kept trying to turn the heater off, but it's, it's March 13th, 2004. It's hot as shit. Hmm. I'm like, there's no way the heater's on. This comes into play, you know, so... We get to the hospital. I pick my buddy up. You know, adrenaline's amazing at this point. I'm literally just picking him up like he weighs 110. But he's probably 205 pounds, bigger than me, you know, which isn't tough, but mm. still my height. Anyway, take him in. The doctors take him from me, and uh, I'm wearing a, a long sleeve blue shirt. Like I said, I was at a wedding, and uh, Dustin Ferris, remember him? Mm. It was his wedding. Anyway, so uh, his first one. <laughs> anyway, but um, yeah, so I go back to the car, and I'm like, shit. They shot us 18 times that they could count. And I'm just, I'm in shock. I'm like, holy shit, this car is totaled, you know? And uh, the doctor comes out, and he's like, how many times were you hit? And I'm like, no, this isn't my blood. You know, I'm covered in it, but it's not mine. He's like, no, look at your arm. And from here, down, like I said, it was a light blue shirt. Hmm. And from here down, it was black. And just blood dripping off the fingertips onto the ground. I'm like, holy shit. So I look here, and there's a hole in my sleeve. Then it started hurting, huh? Not yet. Now you hold it. Oh. It's soon to come, my good buddy. So I uh, unbutton my shirt, and I lift up my undershirt at the time, whatever. And there's a bullet sticking out of my skin backwards. Nice. It had hit the trunk, gone into my arm, and was rotating. So it actually rotated once in my arm. And I don't have a whole lot of muscle, believe it or not. So I can't mm. believe it didn't do more damage. But it was a solid 35 minutes probably before I even knew I got shot. Damn. But once I saw that bullet, oh, it stung like the dickens. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, uh... So how did everyone else go? That, so um, Jacob, the driver, who got hit in the head twice, he lost his hearing for about a week and they said that if i would have called an ambulance and waited for him he would have died so i saved his life it's kind of what i do you know so you douchebag to and me then, and your hero to your other friends That's yeah cool. those are good friends huh. we're there and now. uh they're in uh, are they paying you to work they're tiger Muay Thai. Oh. um <laughs> so uh no and the other guy i really don't talk to because come to find out it was probably his fault we'll get into that later yeah. i don't want to speculate but but yeah man to uh to get shot at the time. So anyway, so long story short, that caused panic attacks. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. That's what and then so. when, I, when I would go to fights, uh, Mark would come to the fight, and he'd be like, oh, man, come on. I need tickets to the fight and all that. But I'm like, you're not going to be there anyway. Wow. That's not what happened. And then you'd go, but you would leave how many times? Like one, I won. one time you left like five you, times. Your back first to the hotel. fight in Vegas that I ever went to, your first fight ever that I went to, I was having it so bad that I won $1,000 the night before on roulette. Yeah. Actually, eight ninety one. Sorry. Beer and alcohol and everything. Well, gratuity. Probably one of that, yeah. And cocaine and hookers. So, <laughs> But no, so um, I, I literally, I go to the stadium or the arena. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I literally left, I think I spent $200 on taxis because we were staying at the uh, the Hooters Casino, by the way. Don't ever stay there. It's garbage. There goes another sponsor. Group. Yeah, it's, sorry, Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> I do love you, though, Buffalo Wild Wings. But anyway. Just to wrap it up, yeah, I went back and forth, back and forth, and I would, I was, because at the time, we knew when you fought, but we didn't know, you know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. so new still, so, 
Yeah, I spent a solid 200 bucks, and then after your fight, I went to the hospital because I didn't know what was going on. You went to the hospital after attack. my fights more than I have. I went one time to the hospital after all my entire fights. So fight, did I. My entire career. Like, <laughs> I don't collect them. It's not like on my bucket. I don't know why I talk to you, dude. Okay, so so this gives a slight dynamic or, or, or I guess a... Yeah, I've got a storyline to our dynamic of where we are. We can't tell every single story in one well, podcast. I say next podcast, you, can, you tell some good stories about me. Yeah, That'd okay. be nice. Huh? I'll do that maybe. <laughs> do you mind? But you guys get you get an idea kind of like why we have this uh, this chemistry and, and all this yeah. history together and why we can chime in on so many fighters and so many stories and so many things, which will come in future podcasts. We can't blow it all in one, but it's because we've been together through my entire career. And then since my career ended, or I guess before it even ended, you helped me get ready for my last fight at AK Thailand. Now we're also working at this, you know, giant gym in Thailand. So, um, it's, it's been cool, man. And it's good to have it's you here and uh, you're a yeah. great worker. I'm not going to fire that. you anytime soon for sure. Am I, am I a great friend? You're a good friend and uh, a good podcast host. Co-host. No, I didn't want to say it. I'm not the host. I'll let anymore. you say I knew you were going to say it anyway. Hey guys, thanks for joining me and my <laughs> guest today, Mike Swick. So, uh, before we leave though, let's ask you this. Um, that's me and everyone else um of all the people that i introduce you to or that because through the years i've met a lot of people and made friends with a lot of people and who is the most uh i guess left the biggest impression on you or that was the most coolest person that you met through me <sighs> be it a fighter or someone else because obviously now you're hanging out with all kinds of crazy celebrities and, and people but i will say i mean through you i've made some good i, I consider and they become your friends. All these guys yeah. become like your, better your friends than mine. You're talking to them all the time. Yes. Soa, great yeah. guy. Mark uh, Hunt, Hunt. Everybody, yeah. Ty, that whole, you know. Actually, met Tyson. Couple, Chuck Liddell, too. Couple, Chuck, yeah, he makes fun of me all the time on Instagram. Uh, I will say probably overall, as weird as it is to say, man, Bob Sapp, dude. Him and I talk all the time. I've talked to him 15 times today. Was he the most, like, uh, starstruck you were for any? No, no, no. That's most, what I'm saying. Who, who was the one person that you were just like, wow, I can't believe... I can't talk to this person, be it a podcast or be it in real life or whatever. The case I will is. say now I did. We did have Dana White on one before. fighter, one fighter or fight related person and one non fight related person uh, fight related. I, I will say it was pretty weird when Dana White got off the boat when we picked him. He's like, hey, Mark. I'm like, how the fuck do you know my name? Yeah. And I get it. And I was in Thailand, podcast, but there's no way he would remember that. Yeah. yeah when he came to the gym, that which you guys saw the commercial. <laughs> and then um, we'll play it again if you guys want. Yeah, <laughs> Google it. Um, non fight related. I don't. Javier Mendez is up there. I know he's fight related. Um, man, I, shit. I don't. I don't know. Podcast too. I so, will say, uh, you know, non-fight related. JJ Soria. JJ, that is eight. JJ. You got Dan Bilzerian. Nick Natanui. Nick Natanui. I don't know people like I don't talk to Dan, but I still, I still to this day talk to Nick. I still talk to JJ. Yeah, JJ's awesome. I'm gonna see him next week. Yeah, he's, I know he's you cool are. as shit. Maybe one day I'll go to America. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll let you. you they go. gonna let me? I haven't been in two years. Will they let me in? It's like well. I'm kind of tough as far as vacations, if you haven't noticed. So it's like I don't know. I, you yeah, get one so every three years. I had two days off last week. Buddy. Yeah. Hey, how about that, huh? I didn't know what to do, so I went to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Answered emails. but So, yeah, so that just gives you an idea of our dynamic, guys, so we're running out of time real fast. but um, We'll do another one of these. Yeah, um, we'll do another one of these in the future, but this is we don't want to waste a lot of it because we're going to talk about this during our podcast. Yeah. A lot of our... Uh, topics that we talk about are going to go into these stories, but I just want you guys to know that there is a dynamic here. We aren't just friends that are doing a podcast. I mean, we have a lot of history with a lot. And just of you know, we started with two questions written down for this podcast, and yeah. this is how we did an hour. You know, yeah, so exactly. So, and we could go on forever. Yeah, I mean, we, we may have to cut it short. So, 
Um, but yeah, so just give you an idea. A lot of guys are wondering about us and our story and, and why we're doing the podcast and our history. So hopefully that sheds some light on that. And you will definitely get Keep the a questions lot coming, more of these guys. stories in the future for sure. Every time we have new guests on or different situations and uh, it's about to get cut off. So I will see you next time. Yep, see you later. <laughs> oh, you thought we were gone, didn't you? Hey, we're back, guys. <laughs> so we were going to leave and we we're going to cut the podcast to an hour, like yeah. we always do. We try to keep it at an hour because we don't keep you guys too long. But but we did get a little carried away. Mark wanted to um, uh, go into a few more things. Yeah, there was um, – we get a lot of comments. God bless you guys. Thank you. Anything you guys ever want to ask us, no matter how stupid they are or how funny or disrespectful. But Everyone has a voice. Yeah. And if it's hilarious, say it, you know. So we got thick skin, you know. But um, I will say some of the better questions uh, – there, there are three. You a list? Well, I had to write them down. Uh, it must be good because he literally said we had to start this back well, over because, again. Well, uh, because, I mean, it's not like they're amazing questions, but they're, they're, they make you think. Okay. You know? Well, everybody wants to think, so let's do this. I got at least another hour before I got to catch a plane. Okay. Now, this will take 10 seconds. Now, now I think I'm building it up too much. But <laughs> how important do you have to be to be considered assassinated and not murdered? Hmm. Think about that. Hmm. JFK was technically murdered. Why was he assassinated? Well, this is going to be another 30 mess. Yeah. So wait, who? I mean, do you have to be just a public figure? JFK was obviously murdered. No, I mean, no, if, no, if somebody no. kills you, they're murdered. It's kind of like on Instagram, like a public figure. It doesn't have to be like a politician or a president. Well, that's what I'm saying. Cause because I, there's been other important people that's been assassinated. Name one that's not a president. No, there's, uh, uh, Tupac was assassinated. He was murdered. Well, I've, heard, he I've heard that he was assassinated. See, that's the thing. Okay, but you'll he never hear. You'll never ever hear that um, by official journalist or whatever. Um, uh, uh, shit, the guy that uh, John Lennon, he was assassinated. He wasn't a politician. Technically, he was assassinated because everybody says he was. I, I I don't I don't get it. Do you have to be killed by a person with three names? Who killed Kennedy? Or who's supposed to? Yeah, I get it, but he has three names. We we. <laughs> This is why we came back? Lee Harvey Oswald. I get it. Who killed John Lennon? Who? I have no idea. Okay, this is no fun for you then. Yeah, I don't know about... Uh, you, you watch more documentaries. I than just want to know what, what... I mean, what, what is the difference? Okay, so leave us a comment, guys. Yeah, let us know. Let us know this how may you not hated the it. fact we drug you back in here for this shit. <laughs> this one better be a lot better. <laughs> what is wrong with... This if is a, what he does during If the a day. turtle loses his shell... These are questions from them. If a turtle loses his shell, is he homeless or naked? Mm, both. He can't lose his shell. I tried to pull him out once. You remember my tortoise? No, Dahmer. You can't pull him out. Yeah, I did. You literally have to cut him out. Yeah, I know. You can't. I tried. But I'm sure it's somehow you can. No, you can't pull them out of their shell. They're not like snails. They can't just walk out and go grab something else. Well, I don't think that they're <laughs> in the <laughs> ocean and seashells. I, mean, I, get, I get the premise a turtle of turtle. is attached to a shell. But, yeah, if it loses it. But that's also his home. Who the hell asked that question? I didn't write down the names. Because they were like, you I mean, know, He doesn't watch National Geographic ever. You can't. You've never seen a turtle walking around naked looking for a shell and then just crawls into a tire and then you walks off. You Mario Brothers? All right. Well, that's, right, there you go. <laughs> that's a documentary. Is that what you're waiting on? <laughs> Super you're Mario. setting me up for no, that? No, I just thought about it just now. <laughs> okay. And uh, here's one I kind of question number two. All right, These go. may not make it, but who cares? Why is someone on television... But in film. Oh, he's on that TV show. Oh, he's in that movie. Hmm. Why, why is there a We really got asked these questions? Yeah. These are ones that I found throughout the uh, day. Well, the other ones were, if you want to answer these, what was your first job? Uh, what well, was hey, your well, first hey, car? Well, we'll get to that. We have to ask those. So, 
Okay, that's a good question. Uh, in Again, I didn't say these were the in, best questions ever asked in by film and on TV. Pulitzer Prize winning journalists. I think it's because, but, I, yeah, on your TV, I, yeah, I guess it's just more like literal. It's on you're, a screen, yeah. on the big screen if you're watching a movie. I mean, you, 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 I've heard of people being on the big screen, but you don't say like Clooney's new big screen appearance. <laughs> I, I get that. Want <laughs> <laughs> to watch George Clooney movies? Not really. I haven't seen him in a long time. What's he doing? He's made a billion dollars after selling that tequila. Oh. Good for him. Yeah. Didn't he go to Cabo and like buy it really cheap and then yeah. like turn it around like really fast? I can't remember. See, I lose track if we talk about it on the podcast. Or I just went to Cabo and, and, and found some tequila. And then I think it was just Mexico. Was it was Cabo in Mexico? <laughs> I think he always goes to Cabo, I think. I think he has a house there. Everyone goes to Cabo. Everybody has houses. Yeah, yeah exactly. They have a whole like row. Okay, so what's the next question? That was, oh, I mean, just some simple ones. Um, this is when we uh, said ask stupid questions probably. Yeah. Okay, so How'd you guys meet? We already discussed that. Okay. What was your first jobs? Uh, I waited tables. I know that. That was your first job? Mm. You had to be 18 to wait tables. No, no, no. My first job I got with my uncle, and we were pressure washing driveways. So we went to like Home Depot. That doesn't count work with your uncle. Yeah, we went to, no, it went to work. We went to Home Depot, and we bought a pressure washer, and we'd do driveways, get up all the mildew well, and the mold. Well, technically, when I was seven, my twin brother and I, you know, like... Oh, no, no, no. My first job then... If we were going to get more uh, technical, I actually would buy, I would go to Sam's Club, right? Where they have these, like, you know, Sam's Club is kind of like Costco and. Yeah, I know what Sam's well, Club Some is. people might not know. Oh. And I would buy this, these, like, candy uh, tubs in bulk, and then I would sell them in school. So they had now and laters and packs of, like, four, and I would sell them for, like, a quarter each, and I'd make, like, 10, 15 bucks a tub. I don't know if that's legal. No, I was a hustler. You can't sell shit in school. I was a hustler, dude. Oh, stop. Yeah, like Gary. Okay, well, when I was nine with my brother, you know, like you you live on 17531 road name, whatever, and you you had to have those the numbers on the curb. Yeah. We got stencils and we painted those numbers for people. $5 to do all that shit. Now it's like 30 bucks people charge. So wait, what did your brother You need that for 9 What did your brother do? And pizza delivery. What did your brother do that we'd always go to the house and he'd be working on? He did something. What was it? Working on. Like on his computer? It was computer or it was music or it was, it was, some, it was some movies. It was something that he did a lot that, like, we kept it, going over there and he was, like, always doing something. This is going to sound really gay. I think he was making mixtapes and mix CDs. Is that what it was? That was 96. Yeah, nobody remember. Because you remember in 96. I thought it was more cool than that. No, it's not. Mm. Well, it was cool then because nobody had CD players in their car. So remember you had to have put the tape in with the CD player? I don't know. Oh, I think he was, yeah. Because he would hand them out. Because he would hand out CDs yeah. or charge them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So and what else? When I was uh, 14, my dad took me to lunch mm. and said, uh, do you like this place? I'm like, yeah, it's a barbecue restaurant. He goes, good, you work here now. I'm like, I'm sorry? He called the owner over. He's like, this is my son. He wants to work here, blah, blah, blah. He's 16. I was like, I'm 14. <laughs> you know, I didn't say that out loud, but that's what my dad did to me. The first day of summer, my first day of working, actually, was the exact same day, uh, June 17th, 1994. When um, OJ went on his little journey in his white Bronco. Oh, yeah. That was my very first day ever working in my life. So you got a lot done watching TV, probably. Well, we didn't have a TV in the... I was making four twenty-five an hour scrubbing fucking barbecue pits and shit. Wow. Anyway, but yeah. anyway. Which is yeah. the same that you make now. I wish. In Thailand. Did you give me a race? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then um, what was your first car? My first it just seems car. like I, I saw it a few times. That's what reminds me of this. I think it was the Dodge Ram, yeah. 
Well, you had a rough, rough upbringing with yeah, fucking. Yeah, I had a Dodge Ram, and then, then I started selling cars. Actually, we have time a little bit now. Let's get into this car. Hold you, on, you guys, on. You guys want to hear this story? Let me tell you first. the difference between your first car and my first. car. I didn't think you even knew me when I, I had this. A, I had a Dodge. Yeah, my mom helped me get a Dodge Ram. Um, what year? No, before you jump to conclusions, I lost my father. I'll make you feel bad about oh, this stop. one. Stop. I lost my father when I was young, and I used some of the inheritance to buy that car, I think. I think I, my mom had some, and then I was going to get some when I turned 18, and I think I got a little bit of it, and I used to buy the Dodge Ram, I think. But I know my mom definitely helped me, and I don't she didn't have as nice of a car, and she made sure that I had a nice car. Your first car I remember you having was that Mustang. It had every that single option available. Yeah, that was Except after. convertible top memory because you had a sunroof. Yeah, that was after. And it was I started automatic. selling cars. You had an automatic 4.6 liter. Yeah. Gay now, but yeah, you know, yeah, I get it. Um, I had an '87 Subaru GL10. Mm. Now hold on. Not only was it baby blue, this thing knocked more than a Jehovah Witness. This engine was shit. It was clack 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 clack. Right? If you went above 32 miles per hour, it would overheat. Right? Oh, it gets better. So I bought it from God bless you, Jeff and Marsha Rose. They gave us a deal. I'll never forget this. <laughs> Their last name was Rose, so they etched roses in the window. Nice. All right. Now, at the time, I was 16. One of the hottest chicks in school asked me to pick her up and take her somewhere. And I was like. The hottest chick in school. Huh? She was. I'll, I'm not going to mention her name now because she's married. God bless. I'll tell you later. I'll show you later. We're still <laughs> friends on Facebook. But, um, yeah, completely out of my league. Don't get me wrong. So I pulled up to her house. And it's clack, 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 clack. I mean, it's, I'm already knocking on her door from my engine. It was god awful. This thing was such a piece of shit. And um, I had to roll the windows down. About six inches because the roses were etched on the window. You cannot pick up chicks with roses etched on your windows, by the yeah. way. I don't know if you know this. And, of course, it's raining like a motherfucker. So we're cruising in the rain. It's coming in and hitting her. And she, Can we roll the windows up? I'm like, <laughs> they don't work. <laughs> I'll never forget. If you went 32 miles per hour, just above that, it would overheat. So you had to keep it at 32. I could not get on the highway. Uh. I was a driving on a feeder motherfucker, man. It was Never got a speeding ticket, though. I guess not. So is that the last question? Because I want yeah, to add one more thing. Yeah, ask me something. Shit. Yeah, I want to ask you something. So uh, you were a Subway sandwich artist, <laughs> and I was making killer money selling cars, even though I had a life no, at the time. No, stop, stop, stop. Shortly stop, stop. after. Shortly after. Shortly, my dick. That was three years after. We I were guess, 19. Give or I take was a 16. Year or two. <laughs> I was 16. <laughs> you can't compare to a 19. Jesus. So uh, you're like, oh, man, I want to make some good money. And, 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 you know, have a nice car. I had a BMW at the time. Yeah, you did. I Fucking did. green one, man. Yeah, M3. No. Oh, stop. What was Slow it? Slow it down. What was there, it? Trump. You had a, uh, a 318. It was a, a 318, yeah. It was a sports car. I had the two, two door. Why do I always have to remember everything for you? I don't know. I've been kicked in the head a fucking thousand times. You kicked me in the head. That's true. So uh, you said, hey, man, give me a job. I want to sell cars and make a lot of money. So I said, sure. And then mm. uh, I brought you in and. And made you, you more you, money than, <laughs> than I'm making you now. So how'd that go? It went pretty well. I love well. when you tell the story. <clears throat> it's not quite accurate, but it's good. It's entertaining. And also, um, you know, you got to you gotta hustle. And don't yeah. get me wrong, I'm, I'm upstairs I doing hustled. a uh, training video because you you've mostly. been there four months. I've been there four hours. And you're like, Mark, there's a guy that wants to talk to you. I'm like, no way. I'm just, you know, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. So go out there and I'll never forget one of the best sales I made at the time. I made a solid, well, what I thought was $400 on the very first car I ever sold. Because you, you did the math and the moneymaker, the green dots. You remember all that shit? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> do you remember what I said when I came in late to the 
company-wide meeting. Oh, yeah. You remember that? We'll get into that. But, um, yeah, so paycheck rolls around. I'm, I'm expecting a solid, you know, I mean, 99, 1999. You'd figure two grand for the month was good or whatever. I got about 1200 and you got about 2900 <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I was like, man, I've made more than two, two cars. Was it two weeks? Yeah, yeah something like that. Two weeks, dude. I was, I was ne- making like six, seven thousand. That's what it was. I know. I remember now. I sold a, a green Grand Cherokee. You made over a thousand <clears throat> profit. I made nine hundred dollars yeah. on this deal because it's called a Maroni sticker. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. And it's you know twenty nine ninety five whatever. And the lady's like, "Well, can we come down?" And I was like, "No, no, no, no. That's already bottom price. You know, <laughs> we have to do our upcharge. So it's thirty three grand." And they bought it, like bought my bullshit and bought the car. <laughs> So I made nine hundred. I'm calling, you know, everybody I know. I'm like, holy shit, she made nine hundred dollars in one hour. You know, I was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I was wrong until Swick got his little fucking half. You got fifty percent of that. It's the way it works, buddy. Such a dick. See, but you say it in a bad way. But I was helping you. You, you were, were sitting- you were employee of the month, and I sold more cars than you. Think about that. No, I was employee of the month because I sold more cars and made more money. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. I sold my cars in half a year. No, no, no. So here's the thing. So Mark um, would like he, he would choose to sit inside and watch videos. I didn't choose. They made play me. on his beeper. I don't know. Look at his shoes. I don't know what he did. <laughs> he was always inside. I was a hustler. I was outside. I was meeting everybody. Boom, boom, boom. Shaking hands. How you doing, sir? But the rule of the dealership was that if you uh, upped, they call it upped. If you upped a customer and said hi to them first but you were busy and you couldn't help them because maybe you had another customer, um, you could pass that customer on to somebody else, basically giving them a free customer. And if it turned into a deal, you would get half that deal. So I like this rule. And so what I would do is I would hustle the parking lot and make sure that I met every single customer that drove in. And then I would just bring those people. I was kind of like a pimp of the car dealership. Stop now. So I I would meet the customer and bring them in to the to the other right, salesman and they and they, so i was creating a service because the other salespeople didn't have to do anything but the, sit at their desk and i was bringing customers stop, to them you, you weren't you weren't oh you're not a host but he thought, at the beginning of a restaurant see, the way guy, it's supposed to work because he's like the oh, way man, it's supposed this is to the best work job ever mike just brings me customers i'm gonna get all this crazy money no no then he gets no. his paycheck and it's the half. way it's supposed to work is you're dealing with a customer for two three days a it's day not the way the rules were I, you could, Dude, the most hey, it's a sharky shark world out there, brother. Dude. I was a hustler. Don't ever play Monopoly with you. Don't. It's <laughs> yeah. fucking unreal. You're supposed to. Okay, yes, I've been working with you for a while. I have a new customer. My friend here, Mike, will take care of you. That's how it's supposed to work. And then I get half because I'm basically giving you an alley oop. You can't just be like, "Hi, I'm Mike. My buddy Mark will be with you in just a moment." And then I go bust my dick for two hours selling this shit, and then you get half. That's the way the that rules. That's not the way it works. That's the way the rules were, and that's how my paycheck went. And I gave you a customer that you wouldn't have had because you were sitting in there looking on your fucking beeper. I don't. Do you know what a beeper is? Texting boob to people. <laughs> eight zero zero eight. Yeah. Upside down. Yeah. But the point is, it doesn't have to be either either side. It's called a palindrome. But the point is, I was creating a service for you, lazy bums inside, and I was manipulating the system a little bit. But hey, I spent the money on you too, right? No, I bought our alcohol during lunch. <laughs> Guys, so in 1999, McDonald's didn't only have supersize; they had a 
what the fuck? I don't even remember what mega size. I don't know. And this was a, I mean, it was like this upside. I mean, it was a bucket of fucking cola. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable. And we'd dump out half. And God, how do we drink so much bigger? We put a half a bottle of Crown in each one. Something like that. And uh, that's amazing. I don't drink now. And I, I became a fighter and didn't drink throughout my whole career except just between fights. Yeah, your life turned down. Thank God, I got away from you. How do we not go to jail? I don't for know. That but we shit. sold a hell of a lot of cars, dude. <laughs> we, we, did. we sold a shit out of cars. Take us on a test drive. That was God, man. We that was God. And then you took a, a town and country minivan on a test drive right after it wrecked. <laughs> you passed. How it was that upside. Go? It was upside. I down. remember it was upside down in front of the dealership. It had a wreck, and then it rolled, and it was upside down. It was the exact same model that we were selling. And you were taking a test drive yeah, in we, the exact same car. You were with me. You were in the back seat. Yeah, yeah. And you drove right by it. And the lady, I was like, assisting because well, it was my the lady was like, the old lady was like, "You guys smell like alcohol." We're like, "Yeah, the, the, the car's fine. It's safe." And then yeah, ten seconds happen. later, we didn't drink that bad. yeah, we did. I did. And we, we drove by, and that town and country, the same color, same everything, is upside down. Yeah. Just wheels still spinning. We're like, "Look, see, <laughs> look how safe that fucker is." I don't know if she bought it, but uh, I don't think we made that sell. So. Ah, still funny. I think they wanted to look at the other ones. Remember that guy traded in that Corvette and we had to test drive it? Mm. Remember that lady that traded in her whatever it was and her license plate said U of H 89 and she was 100 years old and I was like, ma'am, is this 1889? Mm. And I got suspended for a week? I remember that. I miss selling cars. You can disrespect the shit out of people selling cars. Yeah, that's why I quit. I have a heart. I had to move on to more, more important things like just selling cars in California. <laughs> That's what you moved on to. <laughs> wow, I was training though. Oh, and then you were a bouncer beating the shit out of people, throwing them through fucking windows. No, Christian threw them through a window. Didn't you have a, a tooth in your knee? Yeah, I did need a guy in the face. <laughs> but that was only because he was beating up his chick. I don't, she pretty? I, don't, I don't settle for that. Was she pretty? No. So I, I jumped in to defend uh, her because he was attacking her. And I ended up having to get in a fight with him, which he did some kind of weird thing like like windmill thing and i just need him in the head and he fell down <laughs> and then as i'm holding him down trying to like get him in some kind of position where i can carry him because he was like really big um christian's behind me and then the girl that we were protecting jumped on christian and started hitting him or she something. started fighting christian like and it was crazy you know how many times that happens in bars and we're just like we're protecting you this guy was beating you up it doesn't matter it's and so she starts attacking christian and i remember he grabbed her by the arms and Christian's like not a violent guy at all, you know. Christian, I mean, I mean he is. He fought in the UFC, but he's not like a. He has respect. I mean, you would never think this guy would even be a UFC he's fighter. He's a lawyer. He's a lawyer. He was our very first guest on the podcast, and he was the first guy on episode number one of the podcast. And he shoved this girl against the wall, and he's like, "Don't think I won't hit a girl." And, wow. she, and then that calmed her down. He didn't hit. Well, her, I would, yeah. But that calmed her down. And uh, so then I'm still like, I'm kind of on my side because I need him. Kind of fell down. And he fell on top of me. I think he was bleeding. And then like. I was having a hard time getting him up. So Christian just grabs him from the back and lifts him up like this. His arms like to a side like this, picks him up, and then just carries him right through. And there's like one of those push doors, like the little little handle thing like yeah. this, and it's all glass behind it. He just goes right through it. Oh. Yeah, right onto the ground. So then the guy. Was it a lawsuit or anything? Or? No, I, no I, I was worried. And uh, so then he went through the windshield, or the windshield, the glass. And then the guy falls down outside, gets up. And Christian's like, get out of here, blah, blah, blah. And I'm standing behind Christian. And I'm like, man, that guy's fucked up. Because Christian didn't know at that time. He didn't know he got cut. He didn't know I need him. He just thought the guy was on top of me, kind of on the side. And he was help, helping me out by picking him up. So when the guy fell down and turned around, his whole face was like cut open. 
Even I was like, oh, shit. I think it was because the pants are not quite as smooth as the old <laughs> knee. So they have a nice little grip. So if you're ever going to knee somebody, do it with pants because that really rips the skin open. Noted. Yeah. So then he uh, – so what he did was he got up, and then Christian's like, get out of here. But he was kind of like, whoa, at the same time because he didn't know this guy was all, like, cut up. And the guy, like, dug his hand into his cut and, like, tried to throw the blood on Christian. Oh. So then here I am skiing behind Christian. I'm holding his arms. like He's, like, dragging me, and I'm like, no, 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 Christian, we're outside. We can't get in any trouble. And the guy's kind of like talking trash but backing up at the same time. Hard to talk shit when you're gashed open and yeah. I mean, it it was just a. I mean, I, I, I didn't intend to you know yeah. cut his face open, but the point was, I, mean, I had to get him off this girl, right? That was my job. I can't have him beat up a girl at the at the bar. And uh, yeah, the cops called us about that one. And I remember uh, I asked Christian, he's a lawyer now, so if I say something wrong, Christian, you got to get me out of this or yourself out of this. <laughs> but I remember I, I called Christian because I was like, dude, this cop keeps calling me. W- what are we gonna say? Because I'm like. Do we do something wrong? Like, you know, he's like, just don't answer. There you go. I remember thinking like. Good legal advice. He wasn't a lawyer at this time, but I'm thinking like, you can't just not answer a cop. Like they're going to keep. Cochran. They're going to keep calling. They're going to come up. Sure enough, he was right. I just didn't answer. And the guy never called me back. Psh, never got in trouble. I do that when a girl thinks she's pregnant. You just don't <laughs> answer. They'll just give it up. It works. It does. It actually works. Yeah. They quit calling. Yeah. yeah. I got other things to do. Did I ever tell you when I thought I grew a girl pregnant? What I told her when she was crying? No. Um, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm not going to mention her name because I don't remember. But she uh, she missed her little monthly fun time. And uh, I guess we were about 22, 23 years old. And um, she started crying. And she's like, you know, what am I going to do? And I'm worried. I'm like, fuck, I got to get a second job. You know, I'm not going to be a piece of shit father or anything, you know. So I tried to say a little joke. I was like, you know, hey. Calm down. There's millions of single mothers out there. You'll be all right. You know? Mm-hmm. She didn't think that was funny. The next day she got her period, the next day she dumped me. Oh, so. shocking. I think they're tired of hearing about our bullshit, so. You think so? I think this bonus. Uh, when we start talking about getting girls pregnant and killing dudes. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, thanks for tuning in. And uh, if you've stayed this long. Yeah, uh, I can't believe we stayed this Subscribe, because, I mean, you definitely. Guys, put more comments in there. Ask us anything we'll, we'll yeah. answer them. as long as they're funny as long as they get voted up or whatever we we read them and uh we'll take into consideration maybe answering them and, and responding to them here on the mm-hmm. podcast so yeah we appreciate hearing back from you the good the bad whatever it is and uh the next podcast will be a normal podcast and we just wanted to give you guys an idea of our dynamic and i've said that i've said dynamic someone in the comments tell me probably 15 <laughs> times no but um, that we understand who we are and, and why we're a little bit different than every other podcast. We're not just two strangers or, or friends that don't know much about each other and got put together and are trying to talk MMA. You know, this is a guy who's who's more than a fan. You know, he, he's a fan who also has been a part of the sport and a part of the fighters that I know and that I've been around for my and entire career. And have cornered career. fights. Cornered fights and been around me and helps run one of the largest gyms in the world. So, um, yeah, that, that's what makes us different. And, uh Hopefully we'll have a good guest here soon. And I'll we'll just in, do this again. Just I'm in L.A. right now by the time this gets posted. so I'm not. If, uh, if you're in L.A., hit me up somehow. Instagram at Mike. Yeah, something. Official Swick. Tell us what's going on. we got a couple of cool things planned. And uh, follow my stories at uh, Mike underscore Swick at Instagram because we have a lot of cool stuff planned in L.A. And then we're going to head to Vegas, too, in San Jose. So... A lot of places. So anyway, guys, thanks for watching. And...
Oh, I'll give two you a in vacation. one episode. I'll give you a vacation uh, in the next six Year? months or so. Yeah, I promise. Next presidency? Yeah. Sweet. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> no worries. All right, thanks for watching, guys.